And we're now joined in this segment by State Representative Tom Demmer, who is the uh, House Republican Assistant Leader on JCAR. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Uh, Representative, good morning to you. And, and first off, you know, uh, un- the, the yesterday's press conference where uh, Governor Pritzker basically lined up a bunch of health professionals, uh, you know, to, uh, talking about the benefits of wearing masks. Do you think that had any uh, influence on the panel? Well, look, I think it's uh, it's certainly fair to bring out healthcare professionals and talk about, you know, the various steps that we can take to try to reduce transmission of COVID. Um, you know, that's not really the question that's at stake here. What we're really focusing on with this rule is, is this an appropriate thing for the governor, for the executive branch to do unilaterally? Um, or is this something that in our system of checks and balances and our system of having an elected legislature from all over the state, are these the kind of long-term policies that should be made by the legislature instead of by a single individual? And when it comes to uh, Jay Carr representative, this is like, uh, what's the word um, to use here? I don't want to call it arcane because it's not old. I don't want to call it uh, secret because it's not, but this this group, the Joint Commission on Administrative Rules, um, I guess for people who are hearing this that don't know what that is, what exactly is it and how does this thing operate? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the, the word I'd probably use is uh, complex. Uh, JCAR is a, a joint committee, so it includes members of both the House and the Senate. Um, it's unique in that it has an even partisan split. So there are six Republicans and six Democrats unlike most committees where the majority party would have a majority of the seats on the committee as well. And JCAR essentially functions as uh, a check on the executive branch. So when we write a law in Springfield, uh, we, we as legislators um, usually set some, uh, some parameters, and then we charge various departments with carrying out that law. So we might charge the Department of Transportation or the Human Services or whoever with carrying out that law. They then put together administrative rules, which are some of the more nuts and bolts aspects of how a law is implemented. They file those administrative rules with the Secretary of State's office. uh, And then we, on uh, as members of JCAR, uh, we don't act to approve rules, but we do have the opportunity to uh, prohibit rules from being filed. So we can essentially function almost as a veto um, on the enactment of, uh, of administrative rules. Um, this is a, is a little twist here with uh, the rules that we're talking about right now, uh, because those have been filed as emergency rules. And so a, a typical, a normal administrative rule goes through a long process. There's opportunities for, for stakeholder input. There's a back and forth. There are notice periods, things like that. But emergency rules, on the other hand, um, are implemented immediately. They become effective immediately. Uh, they're limited to only 180 days of life. Uh, and the emergency rules, uh, of course, don't have to go through those um, lengthy periods like in a normal a normal rule does. So what we're dealing with today is emergency rules. Yeah, and when it comes to the regular process, I mean, we saw this play out with the cannabis legalization. We saw it play out with the uh, Gun Licensing Act for dealers who uh, sell guns and, and so on. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's an important body. Um, how do you judge the... Uh, 
Uh, I guess what happened back in May, compare that to what we're facing right now. Uh, and just for people to, to kind of get a refresher, back in May, the governor filed uh, similar but different emergency rules to have uh, statewide enforcement of his orders um, when it comes to COVID-19 executive orders. Uh, but he repealed that right before uh, Jay Carr was to meet. Uh, do you think, uh, What I guess, what are some of the, the possible outcomes uh, that, that could happen when you guys meet tomorrow? Well, you cited back in May, uh, and you're right, in in May, similar emergency rules were filed, and they were only in effect for a a few days before uh, the governor withdrew them, uh, before the prospect of of JCAR, we were likely to vote to to suspend those emergency rules, um, and so he withdrew them. And at the time, the statement was made that he withdrew those rules in order to allow the legislature to uh, deal with it through the state lawmaking process, which I think is the appropriate venue for it. Uh, unfortunately, both in the House and the Senate, Speaker Madigan and, and President Harmon, uh, we did not we did not vote on those those items. Uh, we still think it's appropriate for the legislature to be the place where these policies are made. Um, you know, the the rules that are filed today are substantially similar to those that were filed in May. Uh, we, there was a huge amount of opposition to those rules in May. There's, there is still today. Um, and again, it, it's sort of the, the underlying, even if we go through and, you know, highlight what some of the changes were, the underlying message in May was with a policy like this that has uh, far-reaching consequences uh, that applies to the entire state, uh, and that's, you know, something that is not the result of a sudden change or a sudden unexpected change. Rather, you know, this is part of our, our response to COVID, which has been going for, for months and months now, um, that when you're t- talking about policy for to address those circumstances, it should go through people's democratically elected House and Senate members, uh, just like every other policy and law in the state of Illinois does. State Representative Tom Demmer, House Republican Assistant Leader. He is on the Joint Commission on Administrative Rules, and they're going to be taking up that uh, emergency rule filed by the governor uh, to um, give fines up to two hundred and rather $2,500 to businesses that don't comply. Um, Representative, uh, off topic, uh, but just to get your reaction to uh, President Donald Trump over the weekend, uh, essentially saying that, uh, you know, he's not going to support giving uh, financial aid to, quote, poorly run states. Uh, is he talking about Illinois? <laughs> he might be talking about Illinois. Look, I, I, you know, I think that uh, what I've tried to advocate through this whole process is we know COVID has had a dramatic impact on uh, state and local economies all across the country. Um, you know, there there have been some requests by uh, some in Illinois for really over the top uh, the federal government to come in and basically just try to wave this magic wand and take care of problems that had been um, stewing for years and years. I don't think it's fair for Illinois to ask, you know, taxpayers across the country to bail us out for many of those issues. However, on the other hand, uh, we know that COVID has affected state economies across the country, and there's certain, certainly some appropriate level of aid. Uh, Illinois should get its, uh, you know, proportionate and appropriate share of any federal aid that comes through. Uh, but it's, it's also, you know, this public health emergency is not our opportunity um, to pretend like these problems just popped up and ask somebody else to take care of it. I mean, Representative, we passed a budget that has about a $5 billion right. hole in it. Are we going to get that much, you think, from the federal government? 
Well, you know, I said at the time that the budget was balanced uh, on a on a wing and a prayer, and I think the prayer was that somebody would come in, you know, from the federal government with five billion dollars, and it would just take care of all those things. I think that's really not not likely to happen, um, and I think underlies some of the the problems we've had in with budgeting, uh, where we we budget on something we hope on, hope for rather than something that's likely to happen. Is it time to get to something that the state hasn't been able to do, um, something we hear a lot about called zero-based budgeting? Yes. I mean, I think that this is certainly an opportunity to, to try to take a new approach on that, especially given the uncertainty we have about what revenues will look like in, in co- the coming years. Um, you know, I certainly hope that uh, we, we find a vaccine or a, a cure and we can end this pandemic, but there are going to be lingering effects of this massive economic shock, and we should not be in a position where um, our spending is growing every year on autopilot uh, while our revenues could potentially drop off. You know, the other the other side of that is, you know, we, we might be able to get some uh, relief from the federal government during this time, but that might be one-time aid, you know, and, and Illinois, I think we've had a history of building in some one-time aid or one-time uh, revenue sources into our base and then never readjusting for that when they go away. And that's that's put us further and further behind the eight ball. Representative Tom Demmer, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Nice t- chatting with you guys. Thanks.